Well, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Text Driven Podcast, where we are trying to provide you with resources to help you to live a text-driven life. And we're in the middle of a series where we're talking about how to study your Bible. We're trying to overcome those fears and those worries and those anxieties that you have every time you sit down with your Bible and try to study it. You know, many people, they won't even attempt to study their Bible because they've already convinced themselves it's impossible for them to learn about God. In our first episode, we learned step one of the four L's of text-driven Bible study. We saw how important it is to look up to God before we ever begin our Bible study. In this episode, we're going to talk about the second L in our text-driven Bible study. And that L is listen to God. Now, there are two types of listening. One type is called natural listening. Natural listening is the function of using our ears to hear what is around us. Right now, as you're listening to this episode of the Text Driven Podcast, you are using your natural listening abilities. Babies do not have to learn how to engage their ears to listen naturally. None of us really have to learn how to program our ears so that we listen. In some sense, you could say that God created us with the natural ability to hear. Every single one of us have been given two ears. And with those ears, we can hear the world around us. But there's a second type of listening. And this type of listening is what I call intentional listening. Intentional listening is a skill that needs to be learned. It doesn't come naturally. For we do not do intentional listening well. Let me give you an example. For instance, how many times when you were growing up, did your parents ask you, did you hear what I just said? If you're like me, you heard that scolding question more times than you even want to remember. And when your parents ask you the question, did you hear what I just said? They were not asking if your ears worked. Instead, they were asking if you were paying attention to their instructions in such a manner that you would act upon what they said. See, when it comes to studying your Bible, we will quickly read the scriptures so that we can jump ahead to the application portion of our study. And when we rush through the reading, we are not listening as well as we ought. So in this episode, I want to teach you how to listen to God. And we're going to do that through looking at three separate 
topics. Topic number one is the topic, the Bible is God's speech. Topic number two is God expects us to listen to him. And topic number three, practical ways you can improve your listening. Are you ready? Let's begin. Topic number one, the Bible is God's speech. All of the Bible is the speech of God. Did you hear that proposition? All of the Bible is the speech of God. The Apostle Paul makes such a claim when he describes Scripture as being the breath of God in 2 Timothy 3.16. Paul says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Now, what does that mean? It means that when you read your Bible from Genesis all the way to the last book of the New Testament, Revelation, you are encountering the very words of Almighty God. And the speech of God is quite powerful. Scripture describes the power of God's speech as being creative. In Genesis chapter 1, we read the historical narrative of how the world was created. And there's a common repeated phrase throughout chapter 1, and that phrase is this, God said. You find that those two words in Genesis 1, 3, verse 6, in verse 9, in verse 11, in verse 14, in verse 20, in verse 24, in verse 26, and in verse 29. All of those verses have the phrase, God said. And after each time that God spoke, something that was not in existence came into existence. Now, God's speech is powerful. For when he speaks, things that did not exist now exist. But not only is God's speech powerful, God's speech is also authoritative. Scripture describes the authority of God's speech through, through the manner that God names aspects of his creation in Genesis 1. For instance, in Genesis 1-5, God named the light day and the darkness night. You see, the act of God naming his creation is a demonstration of the authority of his speech. Let me give you a practical example of this. When your son or daughter was born in the hospital, the doctors did not come to you and set that baby in your arms and say, here is John, or here is Steve, or here is Jessica, or Ashley. But instead, 
The doctors and the nurses looked at you, the parents, and said, what is your baby boy's name? What is your baby girl's name? Now, why did the doctor ask that question? The doctor asked that question because he understood that he did not have the authority to name your child. For it was you who gave birth to that child. It was you, mom and dad, in whom created that little baby. Therefore, due to your act of creation that God has given to you, you then have the authority to name that child. Well, listen to me very carefully. God, who created everything by his speech, shows his authority in the naming of his creation. Uh, just another quick example, you see this in Genesis chapter 1 with humanity. God created Adam and Eve, and he named them. He named Adam man, and he named Eve woman. Those names were given because Adam was a biological male and Eve is a biological female. And only God is the one who is able to make such a statement because it is only God who has that authority in his speech. But not only is God's speech powerful and God's speech authoritative, God's speech is also personal. Continuing in Genesis, we see that God spoke personally to Adam and Eve. In Genesis 1.28, we find that mankind is blessed through the personal speech of God. So therefore, in light of the power, authority, and personal nature of God's speech, I think it is vitally important that we know how to listen to God properly. So the first thing that we talked about was that the Bible is God's speech. The second thing I want us to see and topic is God expects us to listen to him. Now, continuing our last assertion that God's speech is personal, we notice throughout scripture that God will at times call upon his people to listen to him. God expects us to listen to him. Look at a couple of these verses. Deuteronomy 6, verses 3 and 4. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 17 says, incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. Psalm 81 verse 8, 11, and 13 says, Hear, O my people, while I admonish you. O Israel, if you would but listen to me. But my people did not 
listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. As you can discern through just the plain reading of these passages, God has an expectation that his people would listen to him. Well, the third thing I want us to consider in this episode are the practical ways to listen to God. We've already talked about how the Bible is God's speech. And we just saw through scripture how God expects us to listen to him. So how can we improve our listening? We've established that God speaks to us through his word and that he expects us to listen. Therefore, it's important that we cultivate the skill of intentional listening. Following your time of looking up to God in prayer, you are now ready to open your Bible and listen to what God has to say to you. So first, you need a plan to read through the passage more than once. Often, when we just read through the passage one time, we will miss important words that God has said. And you need to, as soon as you sit down, go ahead and plan, go ahead and convince yourself in your mind that you're going to read through the passage more than one time. Now, I encourage you to read through your passage at least five times. Normally, when I'm preparing to preach a sermon, I will have read through the passage a minimum of 10 to 20 times. One of the things that I like to do so that I am hearing the word of God often is to go for a walk and listen to scripture. And once the audio finishes, I'll just click repeat and I will listen to it over and over and over again. So the monotony of reading through the same words over and over and over, if you're not careful, can bring about boredom. And to help you avoid being bored with reading the passage, let me give you uh, some practical things you can do, some practical ways you can listen to God and add variety to your reading. Okay, so if you're taking notes, here's the first one. Read the passage out loud. Read the passage out loud. You will be amazed at what will stand out to you when you read the passage verbally out loud. Second, read the passage silently. Quietly read it in your mind. Give particular attention to each and every word in that passage. Number three, write out the passage in your journal. Now, this is something that people are doing all the time. There are journaling Bibles and people are writing out scripture and using that as artwork. Uh, My first encounter with 
writing out scripture was with my mom. Uh, she has a spiral notebook of different books of the Bible, and she would sit at the kitchen table with her spiral notebook and her Bible open, and she would copy down that book of the Bible. Probably about uh, seven or eight years ago in uh, 2015, there was a gentleman in our church named Jonathan, and he told me about what's called the Scripture Journals. And I went and bought the entire collection of the Scripture Journals because they are sectioned out by chapter and verse, but there are no words. For the one who created these scripture journals is expecting for you to sit down and to copy out scripture. So writing down the verses can help you to listen to God. Number four, hear the passage read to you. Hear the passage read to you. Now, this is what I was talking about a moment ago. Have a version of the Bible that reads to you. Go for a prolonged walk and listen to God's speech. Do it over and over and over. You will be so surprised at the things you will retain as you listen to God. And then finally, read the passage using multiple translations. For every translation can give a nuance that can help you to listen to God. Let me give you some translations that I think you should read through regularly. First off, the English Standard Version, also known as the ESV. This is a translation that's put out by Crossway. Then you have the New American Standard Bible, N-A-S-B. I find this translation to be the most literal in its word choice and its sentence structure with the grammar. Very technical translation and a good one that you should read through. Then you have two classic translations, the King James Version and the New King James Version. Many of you will love reading through these uh, versions of and translations of the Bible when you read through the poets of the book of Psalms and Proverbs. You will find the language of these translations to be most edifying to you. And then one that is extremely popular is the New International Version. For the writing of the New International Version is written at a grade level that makes it accessible to just about anyone. And one of my new favorites is what's called the Christian Standard Bible. This is the CSB. Very similar to the NIV in its readability, but it tends to maintain more closely the word choice and the grammatical structure of the original languages of Greek and Hebrew. If you're looking for something more popular, maybe something more uh, easy to uh, read, 
you might consider the uh, New Living Translation. The New Living Translation, also known as the NLT. I know many people that read through the NLT and greatly enjoy reading through the Bible with that translation. Now I'm going to mention one that you're probably going to be surprised at. I'm going to mention one paraphrase version of the Bible to you. It's called The Message. It's written by Eugene Peterson. I find The Message particularly helpful as a last resource for reading through your passage. Now, just as a disclaimer, Eugene Peterson does not claim that The Message is a translation. He uh, acknowledges that it is a paraphrase, for he's not necessarily concerned with translating every word out of the Hebrew and the Greek. His concern is to give a uh, overview, general message to what the passage is saying. However, I have found it to be quite intriguing and interesting to read. So finally, make sure you read through the passage using multiple translation. And by using these five various reading methods, you will find yourself captivated afresh by the Word of God. So in conclusion, I know you're ready to begin studying. I know you're ready to start answering questions and writing down all the details of your passage. But I promise you, if you will begin by looking up to God in prayer, asking for his help, and listening to God intentionally through reading the passage, you will be more ready to study than you ever have before. In our next episode, we will begin diving into the techniques of Bible study so that you can properly interpret God's Word. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Text Driven Podcast. If you're looking for more text-driven resources, go to our website, www.textdriven.org. And if you're ever in the Southwest Florida area, let me encourage you to join us at Fellowship Church on the Lord's Day. You can find the times and locations for our worship services by going to our website, www.fellowshipchurch.co. And until next time, please know that we're praying for you to live a text-driven life. God bless.